Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. FM radio in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live, on YouTube and via TuneIn.com. Today we welcome a very special guest on a subject we haven't covered uh, very much uh, in all our years on the air, strangely enough. It took us a long time to get him, but he's with us today, or will be in a minute. Uh, A native of my very favorite state of Maine, just up the road from us, the legendary Tom Dongo is a longtime UFO and paranormal researcher, remote viewer, and medical intuitive. He has lived in Sedona, Arizona for over 30 years, and that's where I met, well, actually, I met him in Flagstaff last fall. Uh, Tom is a key lecturer at numerous uh, national and international conferences, including the International UFO Congress. Tom has written countless mainstream magazine articles and is the author of eight books. Uh, today we'll concentrate on his 1994 book, Unseen Beings, Unseen Worlds. Tom's website is tomdongo.com. Okay, now we're still trying to get him here uh, somehow with a uh, uh, couple of technical difficulties, but um, uh, it's uh, Tom is one... Uh, Oh, I just needed you to unlock your phone. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, Tom is a um, legend pretty much in the paranormal community. He's been around uh, for a long time. And uh, many, many interesting experiences. We certainly want to ask him today, uh, remote viewing uh, is a uh, phenomenon by which uh, people uh, supposedly can see places that, that are far away and uh, the military, uh, and I want to ask Tom about this too, the military has used uh, projects, particularly the CIA, to have sort of a, a spies at a distance. Uh, not only are they a lot cheaper than sending in uh, James Bond or somebody, uh, but it's also, uh, as I understand it, proven uh, in the 1970s experiments to be relatively accurate. So uh, in the sense of... Um, uh, you know, scouting out targets, things of this kind before, uh, beforehand, uh, and, uh, uh, there was a large group of psychics who were employed for this, and, uh, no one knows the full story because obviously it was classified, so, uh, we'll see if Tom uh, knows more, more about it. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, how are we doing there, Ben? Uh, we're working on it. Okay. Yeah, it's funny, we did a sound, uh, Skype test yesterday, it was very successful, <laughs> Uh, things being what they are, that's that's pretty much what happened. Uh, so in the uh, very, very interesting uh, experience uh, for me anyway, last um, uh, Saturday uh, in Maine, that was um, the uh, New England Parafest, now, now three, I guess it's gee, three weeks ago now, uh, that was our last live show before the two Easters hit. Uh, we had a panel of uh, Tom... Uh, uh, Spitaleri and uh, Matt Moniz and uh, Mike Stevens, uh, who were central to the uh, this wonderful event in uh, uh, partially in Maine and partially in Haverhill, Mass. And it was uh, actually tr- uh, an event that was going to um, help support the Hilldale Cemetery, historic cemetery in Haverhill, Mass. 
and uh, I'm not sure how much money was raised, but I uh, went up and spoke in Kittery uh, a week ago Saturday, and it was quite interesting in the sense that uh, I, I gave my first presentation of a program that um, had to do with working with Ed Lorraine Warren. Now, everybody's interested in Ed Lorraine Warren today because of uh, the Conjuring films in which they are portrayed. And uh, one of them, of course, the first Conjuring film took place about 10 miles from where we sit in Burrowville, Rhode Island, uh, the uh, the parent household uh which is uh, now in uh, the hands of another owner, and uh, but the house is still there. So it was very interesting because I had never presented this program before, and there was a, a, a lot of interest in it, and I uh, mentioned some things that I had never mentioned before. Uh, now, the Warrens were not into remote viewing that I ever knew of, uh, but I worked with them very early on. Uh, probably a lot of people worked with them, but I, I worked with them from 1972 to 1978, which was pretty early in their careers, and they weren't really well known uh, outside of Connecticut. So uh, what really propelled them to uh, national fame was, of course, <coughs> excuse me, the um, uh, Amityville haunting of uh, uh, well, that was later on, about 1976 or so, and then uh, before that, this. Um, uh, Bridgeport Poltergeist case of 1974, which I was involved. So uh, that was something that was uh, pretty uh, pretty interesting and a lot of interest. So I'll be presenting that program again, and we might do a show on that. Matter of fact, if we can't connect it with our guests, we might be doing it today. So <clears throat> uh, everybody's working on this now, but uh, we'll see what uh, we how we doing there, Ben. Uh, it's going. Uh, is that good or bad? Yeah, okay. We got him? We don't. We but don't. We do have a caller. Okay, good. <coughs> hello? Hello? Uh, uh, hello? This is Susan Spooler, who introduced you to... Oh, Susan! Yes, yeah, so save our bacon here and uh, t- tell us what's going on. I was just calling to fill time... Okay, it's a, it's a terrible connection, I'm afraid. Uh, we're trying to get Tom right now. We did a sound test yesterday, and, and he, uh, we, we had him, but um, there seems to be an issue this morning. So we're just um, kind of rebuking. Tell us, uh, Susan, um, what, what are the plans for the uh, Greater New England UFO Conference, or has that uh, materialized? That hasn't quite materialized yet, uh, but we're we're working on some on details, and um, I'm working on another thousand okay. conference like where you met um, Tom out in Flagstaff, and I'm working on the one for Santa Cruz. Sure. Well, we, we just got him, and uh, Tom, okay. welcome to uh, WOON and Behind the Paranormal. Yeah, okay. Well, we finally made it. Yeah, all right. Glad to be on the show. <laughs> Oh, that's good. You know, we don't have your uh, pretty face, but uh, we have your voice, and that's what matters. So we have, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We we have our friend uh, Susan Spooler on the line, who just called in. And uh, Susan, yeah. did you have uh, something you wanted to say to Tom? Well, hello, Tom. Good good morning. Good afternoon to you. I just was trying to fill the time while while I was trying to get you on board here on on the station, and I was going to tell the time of, of when you took me to the uh, to the Bradshaw Ranch. And I get to meet um, Bob Bradshaw and Linda. Yeah. That wasn't tough. Okay. Anyways, well, so all right. Well, I'll let you talk to Tom. Thanks well, so much thank you, Susan. Thank you thank very you. much. 
Well, finally, let's get into our notion of, of uh, our discussion of um, uh, remote viewing. Now, Tom, um, I took a lot of notes when I read your book, uh, Unseen Beings, Unseen Worlds, and uh, perhaps we could begin by asking you, you know, what is remote viewing? Yeah, okay. Uh, let's see, what we got, we got about 45 minutes left? Uh, something like that, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, we, we, we have other things, too. We have uh, questions from listeners, et cetera. So, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. briefly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, okay re- remote viewing. I, this, uh, you, you guys are my 63rd time on Worldwide Radio, and I've talked to about 90 million people. And I, I talk about remote viewing on every one, and people can't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, it, remote viewing is uh, basically projecting your subconscious uh to a, a place and t- time and distance has, has no meaning whatsoever. You can remote view any any to anything anywhere. Okay, that was uh, one of our questions. Now, perhaps we could get a little deeper into this. By uh, I was very interested in, in your narrative about your experiments with your friend Tom remote viewing and the dog known as Binky and your yeah. interaction with them. So perhaps you could tell us about that. Well, Tom is a psychologist. He's still one of my best friends, and he tested me for six months on my remote viewing ability. And uh, I, I scored way higher than most. I was born with a remote viewing ability. A bit, very uh, Actually, I, I have a master-level remote viewing ability. So, Tom, when I was living in uh, Sedona, he was in Durango, Colorado. I was sitting in Sedona, and he was in Durango, so he would put things out uh, and... and uh, uh, and I, I would go a uh, uh, remote view to Durango and uh, see what he put out. And I, I, found, I discovered that uh, it, any, everything that was in the sun uh, I could see clearly, but if it was in the shadows, I couldn't. Uh, so so uh, 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 Maureen St. Germain and I, uh, who is the country's top-selling book author, just, just finished a, well, actually, no, it's a continuation. We're still, we're still going with it. Uh, a, a remote viewing workshop. I'll tell you about Biggie in a minute. But uh, we 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 uh, developed a new method. Uh, she she taught the military method using coordinates, which I tried and I hit it a hundred percent. Then I, I have my own method that she calls it the Tom Dongo method, and it works pretty. So we combined those two, and we had we had students from all over the world. And uh, there was one guy from, uh, and he's an Aborigine from Australia. Abs was his name. Nobody could pronounce his name, so they call him Abs. You know, Aborigine. <laughs> but anyway, this guy's this guy's hit rate was phenomenal. Probably because he he, he is an Ab- Aborigine. I mean, he he had a couple of hits that just blew my mind. Uh, 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 just using uh, uh, coordinates, uh, uh, numbers like Ingo Swan uh, developed this. You know, you have a bunch of numbers like. Four, five, six, eight, ten, and that signifies something. And so you you remote view those numbers and, and, and try to figure out what it is, you know. So and he he nailed a couple of them unbelievably. So uh, anyway, we uh, we uh, the uh, we extended it another two months our course, and uh, you know uh, there there are a few people we 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 charge a fair amount but there are people charging $5000 a head to teach remote viewing it, it kind of pisses Good me grief. off because yeah it should be free 
Uh, and I, I wish I could do it free. I wish I could give it to millions of people because it's, it's an incredible, uh, uh, you know, uh, ability. But you, you can go anywhere. You can do anything. You can talk to extraterrestrials, which I've done, proved it, uh, with uh, Joe McMonagall, who at the time was the top, the top government remote viewer. He was standing right beside me, and I found out the government remote viewers were doing exactly the same thing I was doing. Yeah, going out in the going out into space and visiting alien spacecraft. Uh, anyway, Joe got into trouble. It's a kind of a long story, but he got in trouble doing it. So it was, at least I knew I wasn't crazy. I thought I had to be crazy to be to be uh, you know to be uh, doing this stuff. But it turned you know I I was really gratified that I wasn't crazy. You know. Yeah. Well. Oh, no. Go ahead. Well, uh, Binky, yeah, the dog. That's one of my favorite stories. Is Binky the dog? Yeah. You know, you know, I, uh, I was, I was looking for Tom O'Donnell. I, I would, I would appear over his driveway, float through his, his, uh, his, his office window, go through his office and go down his stairs. And, and usually Tom would tell me because we'd be talking on the telephone. This is before a cell phone. And I'd, I'd go and find Tom, and he's usually out in the backyard, his, his, uh, his garden or whatever. And uh, so his dog, you know, he, he, I, I, you, you know, you, you feel like a ghost sometimes doing remote viewing. And it, it, to me, that's what it looks like for a ghost. You know, it's, a, it's kind of an opaque, opaque reality. So I, I looked, and the, the dog was following me around, and I, I got right down Eyeball to eyeball, you know, the dog was going, <laughs> like that. And I said, well, you little bastard, you can actually see me, can't you? And the dog goes, <coughs> you know, so. so uh, you got to so, keep it the know, Queen's like, only English, FCC yeah, regular, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's remote viewing. All right. Uh, now, I, you already answered a couple of questions. I was going to ask uh, how far can you go, and apparently there's no limit on distance. And um, uh, before we get to a listener question here, uh, and you deal with this a little bit in the book, what is the difference between remote viewing and an out-of-the-body experience? Or is well, there a yeah, difference? I, I, yeah, I get asked that a lot. It's, it's similar, but it's not the same. Hard to describe, but it's not, it's not the same. Okay. All right, well, fair enough. Ben, uh, we have a question here from... Uh, Peter Shelley in uh, Columbia, South, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, right, uh, Columbia, South America, uh, from Bogota, and he's one of our guest co-hosts from time to time and a good friend. Yes. And what does Peter have to ask this week? Uh, Peter has has, some, has a gaggle of questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, can you walk us through a very simple remote viewing exercise uh, that anybody can do using a conventional target? Yes. What what I what I do when I teach my method is uh, say say you live in in uh, uh, a big city anywhere. I I, I like to take uh, New York City as an example. Say you, say you grew up in a, in a on a farm in, in Kansas, and and uh, you and hopefully your you know your relatives are still there on that farm in Kansas. You go from New York and go to go to Kansas and and, and uh, uh, you know. See yourself, see yourself there and look around. Is it raining? Is it sunny? You know, is it snowing? Is it, you know, what, you know, whatever. You, and then, and then actually look around. Do you see, can you see flowers or different cars in the, the yard? And, uh, and, uh, keep doing that. And, and, and after a while, 
you will actually find yourself there. And some people can do it in a very short time, weeks. But most people, it takes months to, to, to perfect this pretty good. So that's, in a nutshell, that's basically my technique. You keep doing that. And then you, call, you, you go there one day and you see a... a, a, a I actually did this. I, I was I was working with a friend, and uh, I saw a brand new farm oil tractor sitting, kind of hide, hiding, under his uh, the eaves of his house. And I said, "Say, uh, Tom, what, what's the new new tractor doing?" Actually, it was red, red tractor doing doing uh, behind your house. And he said, because uh, he, he knew I was a remote viewer, and he said, "Well, my I, my next door neighbor bought it." He's afraid to tell his wife he bought it, so he's hiding it over here. But I can see that from three. I can see that from 350 miles away. Pretty cool. What? Nah, his wife can probably see it too. <laughs> yeah, better hope she doesn't yeah. uh, remote view. Uh, good, Ben. Uh, uh, yeah, question yeah. number two. Sure thing. So uh, the next question is: On other shows, you have said, and you mentioned this on our show already as well, uh, that. You have remote viewed the interior of alien spacecraft many times. Uh, what specific details did you see? Well, you know that's that's an interesting thing. You you can't. It's like a, it's like a, it's kind of like a dream. Uh, to to actually focus on something is really hard, but it, with with uh, with it, with uh, a lot of uh, practice, you can do it. I've, I've done it. That the thing actually comes in a clear clear view. The Tom Tom O'Donnell and I did that. He put he would put something on the table, and and I I, I could see the the uh, you know pre, I could pretty much guess what it was, but. To, to focus on it, to make it come in clear, was difficult. So, anyway, uh, when Joe, I was standing in a group of six people with Joe McMonagall, and he was, he, was right, he was right to my left. And uh, I had been going to alien spacecraft. There, there are hundreds of them out there in orbit around the Earth. They're easy to find for a remote viewer. So I was sitting, I was standing there in this, in this group at, at, uh, at a conference and thinking, I, I'm, you know, I... Uh, I, I must be crazy to be doing this stuff. I must be, you know, a real nutcase. So Joe McMonigle starts about talking about the government remote viewers were doing the same thing. They were going out and visiting alien spacecraft. So uh, I've been doing it for quite a while. And, and you know, they, uh, what, what uh, I tell people is if you're going to do this, you go, you, you go up to the craft, and, and it, as you get closer to it, if you feel welcome, you're fine. But if you if you feel threatened, if you if you if they, if they tell you to, to leave, get away, do it immediately. It, it, because it's they're serious. But if you keep going closer to the craft and it and it feels good, if it feels welcoming, then go into it. And uh, as as you're floating around inside their craft, they they all look up and they go, Oh, another human and you know, they they'll look up at you. So uh they, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're, the crafts are always, they're pretty much the same. And the interesting thing is, uh, they're, they're about, I've, I've been researching this stuff for 40 years, and uh, there are about 17 races of human extraterrestrials that are coming and going from the planet, and about 100 humanoids. Uh, and the, the government, uh, the, the day after Roswell, Colonel Corso, they, it, it, when, when that book was written, he said the government knew of 71 races. So uh, it, the interesting thing is these, these ships that I've gone on, I don't do it anymore. It gets boring after a while. They were all humanoid. They were, they were nothing like us. Uh, so so that's, uh, 
you know, I really always, and Joe McMonagall, he went out of one, they, they told him not, not you know, to, to go away, you know, they, they, uh, they, uh, they warned him, stay away, and he went onto the ship anyway, so they grabbed him and put him in a, in a box. Now, this is the government's, the government's top remote viewer. I'm not blowing smoke out of my ears. You know, whatever I talk about, I can prove it. You know, if I'm, when I'm on the radio, I've said this a million times, but when I can talk about stuff, I can prove it one way or another. So anyway, Joe was, uh, they, they wouldn't let him go. He said he was, he did two tours in, in Vietnam. He said this is the scariest thing that ever happened to him because his body was down here on the earth and his mind was out, out there in outer space somewhere. They wouldn't let him go. <clears throat> so finally they did. And he said it was an incredible relief to be out of that box. He couldn't get out of that box they put him in. Well, to many people this may sound uh, way out there, and it is. But I've I run into this, uh, reports of this, day in and day out for decades, as have you, I'm sure. Uh, my first um, remote viewing, uh, re- really deep conversation about it was with an Australian Aboriginal elder in Australia in 1979. And uh, he was very feet on the ground, very matter of fact. And yeah. uh, he talked a lot. That this, is, this is what the, the medicine people do, the shamans, as we might say, uh, in many right. cases. And so, um, uh, and, I, and I've talked to people at the other end of the spectrum who... Uh, were connected with some of the government work, and uh, some of them said said things rather similar to what you said. So I mean, it, it's never happened to me. You know, I've had uh, UFO sightings. I've got one on video uh, a couple of years ago yeah. and stuff like this. But uh, as far as I know, I've never done any uh, uh, remote viewing. Now, now that being said, I wanted to ask your opinion on things that uh, have happened to me, and that's that uh, occasionally. Really, since I turned 60, or, or maybe even a little before that, uh, I occasionally will get vivid, uh, extremely vivid flashes of different places, uh, some of which are not very conventional. They don't look like they're maybe on Earth. Uh, and, uh, you know, that sometimes, uh, and, you know, not necessarily dreams, uh, you know, as I'm, uh, going through my day, sometimes this will happen, and I don't know what's something wrong with me or what. But uh, I've talked to others on this, and they say, um, and, 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 and I can't stress enough the, the vivid nature of these. Uh, what say you? Am I having a spontaneous uh, remote viewing experiences? Actually, yes. Uh, you know, that, when, once you get uh, some people, you know, a lot of people are natural remote viewers. They just don't know what. You know, I, I, it happens to me a lot. You know, and one of the, I, when I tell people about remote viewing, one, one of the downsides is, uh, actually, I, I watched a murder in, in your area. Watching, you know, it's, it's suddenly watching a murder is taking place, and, and it's, it's, it's rough. Oh, dear. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it in a minute, a little bit, as much as I can. And the other thing is watching your girlfriend having sex with another guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess uh, there are no limits. But yeah, well, it's, happened, it's happened to me twice. You, you know, you, you're drawn to something. You know, you you suddenly you're looking at something, and you, and, and you uh, uh, you know, if you're a remote viewer, you, you pay attention to it, and focus on it, and uh, but but you know, watching a murder, it, it, it's tough. It's happened to me a few times, and it, it, it's 
you know, it's, just, it's being a remote viewer. You know, you have to get used to it after a while. There's, you know, there's, there's the wonderful parts of it, and some of them are a little bit downside. But uh, you can you can travel anywhere. I've gone back in time. I, I love to go back to a Saxon village a thousand years ago and just sit. And and, uh, and so the air is different. The, all the, the you know the flowers are more fragrant. The air, the air is pure, you know, crystal pure. And you know you smell bread baking and and, uh, and you know and watch watch people walking by with whatever they're carrying or whatever. And they they all soak themselves in frankincense and myrrh in those days because they smell so bad. But you know that's just part of the what you know way it is. Well, I've heard. So I've heard- I've heard comments from people uh, <clears throat> during uh, someone may be pointing out that these remote viewers are around all the time, and uh, somebody said, "Gee, I'll never get undressed again because the, you know who uh, knows." Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. To, to me, well, it's a little. <laughs> well, anyway, why don't we take our our mid-show break? Uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. On WOON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley with our amazing guest Tom Dongo today, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Christian Trebuko from Krakow Deli Bakery Smokehouse, and today we have All-You-Can-Eat Pierogi fundraiser to benefit Ukrainian refugees in Krakow, Poland. Please stop by from 11 to 5 for All-You-Can-Eat Pierogi Day. night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnye.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? Local and live at 99.5 FM. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal here on WOON Radio. And our guest, Tom Dongo, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, we're talking about remote viewing. So, Ben, uh, why don't you take it away? Yeah, I, I, I've got a, I've been working on a, on a couple of, couple of questions over here trying to, um, I don't know, you've been saying a lot of really interesting things, Tom. I've kind of been paying attention to how you've been wording your, your answers. And, um, I, I, I kind of broke it down into a couple of things. What, what portion of us is doing the actual viewing? Subconscious. It's, it's, your, sub- <clears throat> it's your subconscious. You, you're actually, uh, you know, I, I was born a master remote viewer, but I, I understand it completely, so I, I can tell people how to do it. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, I think people work too too hard at it. I, I think I think remote viewing can be a lot easier than people make it. Uh, you know, you know, they struggle with it. You know, they, they, they uh, in, 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 uh, you know, they think too hard about it. They uh, you know, intellectualize it, and uh, I think it can be a lot easier than that. And I, I wish I could, I could project it to millions of people and just give it away, so they, you know, make them, make them as good or better than me. I mean, I'm serious because with this world, it would be a different place if there were more, more good remote viewers. Uh, so you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just a. Uh, uh, you know, I, I do the best I can. You know, I'm, I'm by myself. I do everything by myself. So, so uh, you know, and I, I'm working with Maureen Saint Germain, and we're 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 uh, probably going to be teaching remote viewing for a while. Uh, she's she's so busy right now. I, I just don't know. <coughs> but uh, uh, you so, know, with remote viewing. Yeah, go ahead. 
So, so what, let, let's let's take another step back here. Um, can you define the word subconscious? No, it's just it's just well, you, you get your, your conscious and your subconscious. It's part of your brain, part of your psyche. You project somewhere. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't really know. But it's just something that I do all the time. I my body's you know in one place, but I project to a, to another place, and, and after. Uh, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm really not. But you know, they're missing 411. All the people that have been disappearing in these parks. Mm-hmm. I was finally able to remote view that because I had names and I, I had places where they where they disappeared, and I could I could find them. I could follow them. I mean, I haven't been able to do that. I tried be, tried before and I got blocked. There's there's things remote. There are places remote viewers can't go. Yeah. Um, Why is and, that? Uh, so. I, I don't know, but I've, I've talked. I've talked to a lot of remote viewers. Some of my some of my best friends are the are the, are the best. The original uh, SciTech government remote viewers trained by Targ and and uh, and uh, and uh, 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 Russell Targ and Ingo Swan. They're my friends. I've, I've taught them my technique, and they say my technique works better than the government technique. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I'm not going to talk about it, but I, I, I know what happened to those people. It was pretty easy to, to track. To, some other, some other, some other remote viewer can talk about it. I, I won't, but I, I know what happened to them. You know the, the missing 411, uh, David Politis. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. If you guys, if you, if you guys haven't read that book, you, you've got, you've got to read it. I think we got a couple Have copies floating it. around. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, so, so now let's let's t- shift in a different direction here. Uh, I I kind of I wrote down this one this one thing you said earlier in the show, and it says you f- you feel like a ghost. Now that that got my that yeah. got my brain thinking. What is what is the experience of remote viewing like for for those who have never experienced it, which is probably a, a majority of people? <laughs> is it, is there are there any physical sensations? How how does it sort of affect your affect your senses? Well, you know, it, uh, you, you, it really, uh, it, it, it improves. The more you use it, the better it gets. You know, when I, when I used to work with Tom O'Donnell in, in Durango, you know, we'd both be on a, we'd be talking on the telephone, and he'd be walking, and I'd be floating. And I, I'm telling, I'm saying, I'm floating beside him. He couldn't see me, but I, I could see him. And, and, uh, and, and so, you know, it, it's got to be like what a, a ghost would feel like, because, uh, you know, when I when I sometimes when I go looking for Tom, he, every, I can see everything crystal clear, and I, I, I promise him I'll never go near his bathroom. I, I won't. I won't. You know, mm. we talked about that. I said, Tom, I'll, I, if I go by your bathroom, I won't look. Yeah, and I, and I haven't. So anyway, uh, it, it's it's you know when I was doing it one day, I, I said I was in Tom's backyard in Durango, and I said, you know, this has got to be what a ghost feels like. Everything. Uh, you know, and, and the dog could see me, and look, and, and, he, and he, he looked at me like, you know, you know how animals, dogs, and cats react when they see something floating around that mm. you know might be a ghost or whatever. That's that's the way Binky was acting, and I, I got right down a little bugger's face, and I, I said, "You can really see me, can't you?" You know, he was uh, looking right into my eyes, and, I, and uh, so animals, animals can see cats and dogs can see can see you. you know, they can see ghosts, I think. Um, so it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. Uh, Tom O'Donnell tested me. You know, he's a, he's a, 
Dr. Tom O'Donnell tested me for six months on this stuff. We had a heck of a good time. He, he wanted to see how good I was. And he had a, a bird aviary uh, next to his house with tropical birds and tropical plants. I used to love to go into that. That, that I'd, I'd go into it. It was real humid, and all the birds would flock around me. They'd be hopping from branch to branch watching me. They could see me, every one of them, these tropical birds. So, so it, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I, I wish, you know, I'm 77 years old. I, I wish I could just give it away free to millions of people so they could be, you know, this $5,000, you know, this crap, you know, it's, it's not fair. It's, 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 it's uh, people, there's, there's too many, yeah, you know, greedy people in the world that are really taking advantage of people. Yeah. Mm. So, no, one, no, one other question. So, do you ever find yourself spontaneously kind of remote viewing? You're, you're pulled away from from yourself to, to view something. Has that ever been an experience you've had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real, it's a real interesting experience because suddenly you, you, you're pulled by something. You know, you, you see something, so you, you, you know, you go, Gee, what, I wonder what that is. So then, then you look at it closer and you're actually pulled into it. You know, I mean, I could be, I could be standing, you know, on a, on a, on a street. And, and uh, I, I can do it. And, and uh, uh, you, you know, like I say, it can be good or it can be bad. And you, you can smell things. You, uh, remote viewing. Uh, one time, Tom was he was cooking some things, and I, I was waiting. I, I, I went a little early just to see what he was doing. And he was cooking a. It smelled like uh, chili. And he said, "No, it's not chili. It's a, it was some kind of spaghetti sauce." But I could smell it. I could. I, could, I was watching him. I was, I was sitting on his stairs and, and watching him cooking, and I could smell it from 350 miles away. Hmm, interesting. That was some sauce. Yeah. So, so how does this sort yeah. of? So you're living your everyday life, right? You know, you're 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 doing doing normal things. You're going to the post office. You're doing whatever whatever yeah. whatever it is you do. How does yeah. this? How has this affected sort of your your? I guess for lack of better words, waking reality. Does does it affect your day to day? Oh boy, good question. Yes, it absolutely does. I'm I'm I, I'm glad you said that because it's something I've been thinking about lately. After a while, I'm in another world. I, I'm in I'm in a remote viewing world, uh, and this is this has just happened in the last year or so. I, I'm in two places. I'm you know I'm here in my body of my normal you know sight smell and all that, and, and I'm also in an, in another world. You know, a remote viewing world. And, and uh, it, it's uh, I, you know I'm, I'm wondering what's happening to me. Am I you know am I gonna you know? But but uh, yeah, it's 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 wild. I mean, it, you 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 know you you can't you can't explain this stuff some of this stuff unless you're a remote viewer. And I, I you know I, I've got some of my best friends are remote you know uh, master remote viewers, so we can sit and talk about this stuff. Uh, you know, one of them's a retired Air Force Colonel, which we and we he. Uh, uh, he's worked on government projects, and, and boy, the, you know, we, we got joking one time. I said, you know, if we were, it's a good thing we're not sitting in a in a, in a coffee shop in Omaha. We, we, and somebody overhears what we're talking about, we probably wouldn't get out of town alive. You know, we, we'd be tired and feathered before. You know, as we, uh, we, we talk, I mean, we talk about some stuff that, uh, you know, I have friends that are researchers, and I said, you you wouldn't believe what we talk about. When when uh, Ron and I get going, he's a retired Air Force Colonel. Mm. Okay, well, that's kind of a, one of the. <coughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, just, I have kind of a double question, uh, Tom. Yeah. Uh, one is, um, 
have you ever encountered that apparently it doesn't happen to you but but other people who remote view and can only see but not hear or can only hear but not see or smell or anything like that and number two how would any of that work without a physical body how would your physical senses without a physical body well yeah you well you, you know your, your physical body is still there that's kind of that's a good question i've never been asked that before but it's uh you know, this is probably something we do naturally. What I do is, is something we all of us are probably supposed to do naturally, but we've just uh, got away from it. And uh, so, you know, I, uh, yeah, that's a hard question to answer, but, but it, it, I, I, it's worked for me. I mean, I've been, well, 10 years now, I've been, I've been doing this stuff and teaching it. Like I, like I say, I've talked to probably 90 million people in the last three years, and, and people can't get enough of it. And I, I wish people... You know the, the government the, the government way of uh, teaching remote viewing is, is uh, it, it's it's really tedious and it and it's it's it's, uh, it's my well you know I don't like it too much because they, they use coordinates I mean it works for the experienced the experienced remote viewers but uh, you know I tr- I tried it and I got I hit it a hundred percent just because I I'm already there you know I'm already a good remote viewer but. Uh, I, I wish there was a, a quicker way people could learn it and, and, and not use it for, you know, bad, uh, you know, ne- negative stuff. It can be used for negative. You can spy on your wife. You can spy on your husband, that kind of crap. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh, well, t- Tom, there's one thing, and it's throughout your book, and, and you've said it on the show today, and it's one of the reasons I admire you so much, is when you don't know something, you actually say, I don't know. You, you don't make stuff up, and, you know, you don't. You don't reach, and I really respect yeah. that. Yeah. So I just wanted to say, you, that. You, you, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't bicker and squabble. I don't, I don't get into these uh, gorilla poop fights. You know, some people they, they, they won't quit. For you know, they, uh, you know, I, I'll tell somebody if you prove me wrong, that's it. We're we're finished. I, you know, I, I'm I'm done with it. You're, you're right, and I'm wrong. That's it. That's the end. I, I won't I won't bicker and squabble with people. You know, for for no mm. no, no reason. You know, so I. I uh, yeah, I'm real careful about that. So uh, let's take a minute now. Tell us about your website and uh, your books and where people can get them and find out more about you. Well, you know, uh, I was I was just on a show a couple of days ago. I, you know, I got I got uh, 136 emails in one day, and I so I'm I'm overwhelmed. Uh, my my books, you can find them on Amazon. All my books are on Amazon, or you can go to any bookstore and order them. Uh, merging, merging dimensions. It's about the, the four and a half years I spent on Brad, the Bradshaw Ranch, and that's actually there's a there's a new video out called Hoodoo Tall. It's kind of it's kind of roundabout about me, but it's it's a smash hit. It had twelve thousand views in two days. Hmm. It's called Hoodoo Tall. It's on it's on free it's free on YouTube, and it's it, I'm in it, and uh, that's the whole thing is about the. Well, most all of it is about the Bradshaw Ranch, which I, I spent four and a half years on. It was a, it, it's like, if you're familiar with the Skinwalker Ranch and the Blind Frog Ranch and the, the, the Stardust Ranch, you know, this, this weirdness, strangeness goes on on these ranches and nobody knows why. Uh, you know, in uh, Skinwalkers, you know, it's a TV series. I don't have, I haven't had a TV for 10 years, so I don't watch TV, so I don't, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. <clears throat> well, the the um, Bradshaw Ranch is something I've heard about for a long time, and I was uh, in that area myself last fall. You know, when I saw you, 
could you yeah. tell us, just take a minute and tell us a bit about the Bradshaw Ranch for those who aren't familiar with it. Um, yeah, it's, well, uh, it, it, you know, the, uh, I, 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 you know, well, I, well, uh, stuff happened there that probably hasn't happened anywhere, anywhere else on the planet. So I, you know, I've been doing this stuff for 40 years, so I'm pretty familiar with everything that goes on on this planet. But, uh, the, the, the weirdness that goes, the, okay, uh, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit. The, the, the government bought the Bradshaw Ranch for four million bucks, right? So, so, and, and, and the government leased it to the uh, Forest Service, you know, Forest Service. And mm. So the Forest Service leases it to the University of Northern Arizona, and uh, they were going to bulldoze all the ranch houses because they're in ruins. Everything's in ruins out there now, except an old Pueblo that uh, dates so far back, and they don't know who, they don't have no idea who made it. So they're going to, four years ago, they were going to bulldoze all the buildings down, and they haven't. They're going to do research there on native plant, southwest plant. So, so you know, I wonder if they read my books. It was, you know, scared the, you know, the pajamas off. You know, if they read my book, and it's all true. All the stuff I got in my emerging dimensions is all about the Bradshaw Ranch. So, so is Secret Sedona, and my another book. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you a story real quick. How much time have we got left? How about a little less than 15 minutes. 15, okay. I'll tell you this story. So there's, there's, this is the last thing that happened out there. I mean, I could go on for hours about this stuff, but there's, there's three researchers. I mean, and these, these guys were veteran researchers. I mean, they had all the latest equipment, night vision. Uh, I think they even had ground-penetrating radars. I mean, the works, right? All the radios, they had you know perfect radio stuff. So these guys go out to the Bradshaw Ranch. The Bradshaw Ranch sits by itself, six miles out of Sedona. It's, on, it's in the middle of National Forest land, so they're never going to never be. There'll never be any growth around it. So anyway, so so these guys these guys go out there and they station themselves around the ranch, and and, and uh, so uh, and they, they they got their equipment off. Well, uh, you know, and uh, the, the the windmill, there's a big windmill. Windmill. And the funny thing is, I never went up by that windmill, but there was one guy that was sitting below the windmill. And some of the strangest things on this planet, paranormal things on this planet, happened around that windmill. I don't, you know, I don't know why. I, I, I oh, yeah, quick story. I, I was doing a a, a a a shoot with a national. Uh, 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 it was a national show, anyway, for, for uh, paranormal. And one of the one of the one of the the, uh, the cameramen had to take a whiz, and he said, "I'll be back in a minute." So you know, I mean, these guys were you know second by second. You know, I mean, they're just they're on the go. So anyway, the guy comes back an hour later, zipping his fly up, and they said he was gone an hour. And and uh, they, they all said, "Where were you? Where were you? You know, we we, we you're holding up production." He said, I just went up there by the, wind, the windmill. But he said, you know, the funny thing is, I heard horses and I heard the strangest language. This, this kind of a buzzing, there was two, two things talking up there. So, so he, said, he said, I just went up there to take a whiz. But they, they said, no, you were gone an hour. So anyway, these, guys, these, three guys, these three guys spread out around the Bradshaw Ranch. And this is about two years ago. I interviewed these guys for two hours. So, I mean, I got to, you know, I don't often get the first person to interview. I mean, it's usually the second or third, you know, somebody that heard the story. I can't find the, the, 
the person that actually had the experience. So, so anyway, these guys, these guys were really shook up. They were, they were uh, uh, about, it was after dark anyway, and, and the, the Bradshaw Ranch sits down in a hollow, and, and uh, uh, it, it was a working cattle ranch, one, well, cattle ranch and horse ranch back in the, started in 1949. But, so anyway, so above it is the, the uh, um, Bradshaw Hill, and uh, the the cars you can see cars, tourist cars. You know they, they come up there, they turn around, they go, they go on. But this one stayed, and it started coming down. The road to the Bradshaw Ranch is off to the left. This thing came right straight down, zigzagging, driving through the trees, which is almost it's impossible. Even a tank couldn't get down through there. So it, you know it gets down. There, these guys are all watching this thing, and it gets down to the bottom of the hill. Doesn't go over the the the, uh, the road where the, the gate is. It, it just comes straight across, smooth as silk, like it's driving on a freeway. Goes through a chicken wire fence. Doesn't knock it down. Drives right through it. Goes across a cultivated field. You know, a foot and a half deep. You know, ruts. Right. Just like like it's on a, a, on smooth pavement. Comes around. UFOs can mimic cars perfectly. I've seen it dozens of times. I've heard of that too. Yeah, yeah, they can. They can. They can mimic a car or an airplane. Uh, yeah. I've seen them, you know, and, and, and you know, witnesses. I got had lots of witnesses. So, uh, so anyway, so so these so these guys, the car turns, uh, and they're all looking down on it, right? And, you know, it's got you know tail lights, headlights, the whole deal. You know, the, the door opens, the interior light comes on, and this and oh, and, and a few minutes before, uh, the guy on the far right has seen a guy in white pants walk behind the. The ranch house didn't see where he went, and so the, a girl got out, uh, a human girl got out of the car, all dressed in white, ran to the back of the the uh, the, uh, the ranch house, and the first thing I said was, "Did she have time to take a pee?" And they, they all said, "No, she didn't." So so she 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 picked something up. This this guy must have had something for her. So she ran back to the car, and the car you know goes goes drives through another chicken wire fence. Nine foot tall chicken wire fence bumps across the. You know, I mean, it just goes across this cultivated field, freshly cultivated field, like it's on, on smooth pavement. Goes through through another chicken wire fence and goes back up through the tree. So these guys, are, I so I'm, I, you know, I, I've, I've interviewed about 400 abductees and contactees, alien contactees and abductees. So I think the only person in the world has done more research on that. Than me is Bud Hawkins. Bud died a couple of years ago. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I'm sitting with these guys. I said, okay, what happened after that? Because usually, what happens? Something happens. Usually happens to them. Uh, oh, Skype just came on. Oh, oh nice. well, too late. <laughs> yeah, too late. <clears throat> but yeah, um, geez, I comb my I, I comb my hair and put on a nice clean shirt like for nothing. <laughs> oh, dear. so it. It happens uh, anyway. N- next yeah. time we'll, we'll get it straight. We should probably do a whole show on the yeah, Bradshaw Ranch, but um, just uh, to before we we have to end in our last few minutes, um, how much do you know about the CIA experiments with uh, remote viewing? Now, of course, we both know that projects will begin. The government will change the name, maybe change the location, and say they've ended, but they actually continue under another form. So, um, 
do you have any uh, inside information on the CIA experiments with uh, remote viewing or anybody else's? Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, you know, you know. I, I know ex-intelligence people, Air Force, uh, Navy, Naval intelligence, and I know a couple of retired uh, uh, CIA friends. Uh, you know, they, they've been doing it. They, they, uh, they, well, go back thirty years. They were doing, uh, the Americans were doing, and the Russians were doing it. The Americans were dying of heart attacks, and the Russians were doing, dying of brain hemorrhages. Yeah. So they were, they were trying to hurt, they were trying to destroy each other. So they, they, they changed their tactics, but that's the, that's the CIA. And, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, oh boy, we could talk about this for an hour. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, you know, I, I can, I know what's going on with the government, because I can remote view the government, and they know I know it. Hmm. So you know, yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, pretty, we, we uh, can cover that on another show, perhaps. But yeah, um, yeah. so, so what is uh, what are you working on right now, Tom? What what are your next uh, <clears throat> steps in research and uh, writing? I've been working with a friend that has direct uh, human extraterrestrial contact. He's a, he's ex CIA, and uh, he just wrote a book about it. And, and I've I've been working on that with him for about a month. Uh, uh, yeah, about a month. It's an awesome book, and I'll have thought he's going to. It's going to be printed next week. He has had direct human extraterrestrial contact, and he's former CIA. I, I, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Long story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. So anyway, that's what I'm doing. Okay. Well, we'll have you back to talk about Bradshaw, and um, I think uh, there's plenty of potential shows here, uh, particularly with your long experience. Um, but I think there's one question we did not get to very, very briefly, uh, and yeah. that's: um, uh, Do you uh, do you know of people who have remote viewing experiences with only one or two senses? You know that they they can only see but can't hear, only smell oh. but can't. You know, that's uh, n- uh, n- uh, no, no, no. Really? If okay. it's not remote, they're psychic. No. There's a, there's a vast difference between remote viewing and psychic ability. That, that's psychic. One of one, that, that's psychic ability. That's not remote viewing. I know because I do it. I'm, I'm extremely psychic. Uh, so no, no. One is remote viewing. The other is psychic. If they only see one thing, it's, it's, it's psych, psychic ability. Oh, all right. Yeah, like clairaudience or that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Psychic, psychic. I'm learning so many things today. Yeah, I, I would have to chew on some of this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, now another thing, I just uh, we, we've got another minute or two, is uh, the notion of vibration. Now we really want to get Kathy Martin pinned down on this when she's on in a few weeks. But uh, everybody says uh, high vibration is good, low vibration is not. And I, you know, I've always been kind of fuzzy on that. Uh, what exactly is it that's vibrating? Your whole body's vibrating. Yeah, I, I've, I've been studying that for years. Now, if you're high vibration, every, everything's much better. If you're low vibration, it's like good and bad. If you're low vibration, it's bad. If you're high vibration, it's good. Things are good. You know, you're healthy. You feel better. Your low vibration is, is, is bad stuff. It's mucky brown, gooey, bad stuff. But high is clear, crystal clear, and good. Is it like and molecules? A lot of books. Uh, no, no, just vibration. Like, no, right. there's been a lot of books written. Yeah, there's been a lot of books written about tons. That. Yep, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Tom, give us your uh, website one more time. Uh, 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 well, yeah, you know, I, 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 I've got a, I, 
TomDongo.com. Yeah, yeah, because that's, that's about it. I have a website. I, I haven't looked at it in six months, so I didn't even know what's on it. Yeah, well, I'm Fair sorry enough. to say our main website is about 10 years out of date. Mm. But our show yeah. website, BehindTheParanormal.com, has a link to Tom's website, so you can all, that's always kept up to date. Well, Tom, what a great pleasure to have you finally, and we'll be in touch off the air, and we'll do uh, plan a few more shows on uh, particularly the Bradshaw Ranch, which is uh, mm. really uh, fascinating. Uh, I heard about it all while I was down there. So, Yeah, well, watch Watch Hoodoo Tall. It's, it's a good one. It's had 12,000 views in two days. Wow, very good. That's on YouTube? Yeah, it's free on YouTube. Good, good. My friends put it together. Okay. Okay, Tom, well, thank you so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, 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 pleasure. Okay. So, <clears throat> let's get to our announcements. Yes. Then, if you would. Sure thing. And the Exeter UFO Festival is finally... Back on after t- a two-year hiatus uh, that will center at the historic Exeter, New Hampshire Town Hall over the Labor Day weekend. Uh, that's September third and fourth. Uh, more information will be forthcoming. This is a great event sponsored by the Exeter Area Kiwanis Club uh, to benefit local children's charities, and uh, we plan to do our traditional live broadcast from the event on Sunday with a panel of the speakers. The subject of our talk is time storms, uh, with thanks to the great British researcher Jenny Randalls, who coined the term. Yep. This, is a, this is a really fun event. Uh, the whole town gets involved in it. It's a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, restaurants will be serving things like Roswell Burgers, uh, Final Frontier Franks, Alien Crunch Ice Cream, and more to information to come. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, while we were waiting to connect with our guest, uh, I had a wonderful uh, time at the um, uh, New England Parafest uh the Saturday events in Kittery, Maine last week, and I wanted to thank uh, Tom Spitaleri and all the organizers there. We ran into a lot of old friends, and uh, it is for the benefit of the historic Hilldale Cemetery in Haverhill, Mass., which is being restored. And we, uh, on our charity page, which we'll mention in a minute, uh, there is a link to that, and if you can support it, please do. So visit our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find over 1,100 hours of our regular shows and special broadcasts since 2008 from CBS Radio, Cheap Radio, <coughs> excuse me, and here on WON AM and FM. Uh, we have uh, restored all those pretty much uh, at BehindTheParanormal.com archives, and that's the link you want to hit. Also hear many of these broadcasts on the major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. You can download our show app. Uh, doesn't it's not that fancy, but it'll you know give you links to all the shows that are available mm. on Spreaker, and it's to be found at uh, behindtheparanormal.com. It's free right there on the main page via link. You can browse our books along with those of our guest co-hosts at our show website again, behindtheparanormal.com. You can also find out more about the show, our many cases over the years, public appearances, and how to book us. Mm, yes, we uh, we have many charities on our charity page. Please check those out. But in the meantime, we're kind of running down to the wire. So next week, that's uh, May 8th, uh, we'll welcome UFO researcher and military aerospace historian Michael Schratt for a look at lost, forgotten, and obscure UFO encounters. And I'll leave you today with a quote from astronaut Neil Armstrong, the first man to walk on the moon, as far as we know. Mm. Mystery creates wonder, and wonder is the basis of man's desire to understand. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you 
next time on Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.